Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. John Vento says he's a bit of a late bloomer when it comes to performing music professionally, but that hasn't stopped him from finding his groove as an independent Americana singer-songwriter. John's 2019 release, Love, Lust, and Other Wreckage, received the IMEA Award for Best Americana Album in 2019. He is also a 2019 Billboard Magazine Emerging Artist. John is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about his music and his latest release. Hello, John. Welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for jumping on and um, giving us a chance to talk to you about your music and uh, your career. You've got a a new record on the way that we want to talk about here in a couple minutes and a unique way of getting that out to the folks. But um, I thought if uh, if we could maybe maybe take us back just a bit. Tell me tell me about your your journey in music, how you how you got started in the first place, how this became something that's a big part of your life. Sure, sure. I'm, I guess I'm kind of a late bloomer. Not, not kind of, but I am. Okay. Even though in, in my younger days I dabbled with a couple cover bands here and there, and I wasn't very good and all that stuff. The musicians were good. I was pretty much horrible. And then, you know, I decide that that's not the path I'm going to take, and you have a family and young children and so on. But the music thing was always kind of deep, deep, deep within me. And then in my early 40s, I uh, started to write uh, poems slash lyrics. Okay. And I turned to some musicians that I knew in order to um, have composition and musical composition and, and create original music and that was the beginning of the of the, the tidal wave and the craziness. And I've never stopped since I'm, you know, that was nineteen years ago, eighteen years ago. Wow. And I've constantly am recording or performing or writing and now uh, uh it's now a daily almost a daily activity to to work on creating um, um you know music in one way or another were you able to or have you been in a position where you've been able to call this a, a full-time thing or did you always keep some sort of no, day no, job no i'm not it, it is a full-time thing but i'm blessed i'm a business owner and have been for a long time okay and i have a great staff so i have a ton of freedom so i certainly would not call it a full-time thing 
but my fellow uh, corporate workers would probably call it a full-time thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they right. would probably say it's way more of a full-time thing than we want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But each, I, I would say that uh, there's a percentage of every day that's devoted to music, often a significant percentage. Right. But, uh, you know, to, to uh, disrespect my friends in the music world and, and here even locally in Pittsburgh that are grinding every day uh, and, tr- and attempting or, or are making a living right. through music, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, um, frankly, that damages my own credibility. Um, years ago, a friend of mine who was a local, uh, local rock station DJ, I went to him with some of my material, and he said, uh, this stuff's as good as anything out there, but you're not in it for real. Hmm. He said, when you, when you quit your job and you buy an old van and you start, you know, banging away at gigs uh, on a regional basis, call me then. Hmm. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't mean it in a, in, a, in a detrimental way. He was just being very, very honest. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, you just can't dip your toe in the water. So even though I'm very serious about the music and... Uh, Creating great music is a priority, and performing is a priority. Uh, I certainly haven't, you know, just dove into the deep end like a lot of other folks have. Well, you've been at it a while, and you mm-hmm. um, must be getting, uh, have developed a fan base to encourage you to continue to do that. So I guess I would argue that you, you are making your mark, uh, you know, if, you, if you're writing songs and putting them on, uh, putting them on records and, and um, encouraging people, and people are, are, are encouraging you by, by taking, uh, consuming that music in some capacity. Uh, and, and I see where you've gotten a few uh, pieces of notoriety for some of the work that you've done, so. Um, you know, yeah, we, we have, you know, thank you for saying that, and, and that is true, and last year we were, uh, our, la- our last album released, Love, Lust, and Other Wreckage, won the 2019 um, Independent Music Award yeah. with IMEA, that yeah. was a big deal, yeah. and we had a couple tracks that in, I, in the independent charts, iTunes Independent Charts went up, did, did real well, so... Uh, yeah, I, I think at this point in my life, the next step would be uh, once this whole COVID monster is behind us, hopefully soon, uh, is possibly you know putting together a little a short tour, buying an old I van and that. quitting your day job and going on yeah. tour, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that's exactly hundred percent of what I would want to do. Yeah, yeah. you know, go out for a couple of weeks and sure, like kind of the blues guys that yeah. I know they they do. You know, they come yeah. through town, right? Hey, there's guys that, that uh, are weekend warriors. Sure, I mean, I'm not going to yeah. name names, but you you would know them. Yeah, these yeah. are national artists with great hit records that fly out on a Thursday night. They do some pretty big shows, and they're home on Sunday night. Sure, yeah. Well, I I do a lot of work with a lot of artists in the bluegrass industry, and and that's kind of mm-hmm. the, their. Uh, many of them that call themselves full time are working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and maybe yep. a Sunday afternoon show. So in that sense, even if they're they're uh, prior to the pandemic, we're, we're calling themselves full time. A lot of them were were weekend warriors, and they spent the middle of the week calling it their weekend and hanging out with their family and changing the oil in a bus and you know, writing new songs and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I mean, yep. most of the music like that, you know, unless you're doing the pub scene, happens on the weekends. And so yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm I'm more familiar with the blues players because we have a great blues club here in Pittsburgh called Moon Dogs. 
and it's been around for 30 years. And I'm always surprised that I'll talk to the, the players and I'll say, well, how long have you been on the road? And they're like, we left Indiana on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we've got a gig tonight in Pittsburgh, yeah. tomorrow yeah. night in Buffalo, New York, and yeah. uh, Sunday afternoon in Cleveland, and then we drive home. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> you know? Not only we, we do it within a hundred mile radius. Sure, yeah. So, so what, what, um, what pulled you to uh, Americana, that sound? How did that become well, your thing? I'm in a fantastic band called the Needs Hotel Band here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty well known. Uh, we received some recognition in, in our region. Uh, Needs Hotel is, is a different kind of spelling, N-I-E-D-S. Okay. So it's the Needs Hotel Band. And it's a big seven-piece rock and roll R&B band with a sax, great sax player, great ah, keyboard cool. player, okay. a huge sound. So when I drift away from the band and work, work on my own or collaborate with others away from the band, I go as far away from that sound as possible. Mm. So I dabble with bluegrass country, um, more, not more, but primarily acoustic bass, a whole lot less production. Mm-hmm. Often no drummer. Um, my live performances with this kind of music is just a trio. Uh, two acoustic guitars, a little hand percussion, and three voices. Okay, cool. So, and uh, the next song that we release on December 1st for the new album called High Walk is actually has strong elements of bluegrass in it. Mm, neat, okay. It'll be right, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, and then... Um, so, you know, I guess from a personal standpoint, I find this music, the quote Americana uh, slash country and bluegrass mm-hmm. to be more intimate, mm-hmm. if you will. Sure, yeah, yeah. Instead of fronting a seven-piece sure. band that I love, yeah. oh my goodness, we have the greatest players, the greatest guys, we're all yeah. brothers. Yeah, yeah. I love the music, I love performing. You know, it's kind of like uh, you go to the same restaurant every night. Now and then, you want to want to go somewhere different. Right? Yeah. Well, and the, the seven-piece type of uh, of uh, production, you can't typically do that in somebody's living room. You know, aka no. the house concert. No. Whereas you, no. the kind of music that you play, the acoustic Americana bluegrass roots, it lends itself. You know, your word more intimate. It's that it, it allows you to move in closer. And um, and connect a little differently, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny to say that on uh, the weather here in Pittsburgh is gorgeous the next few days. Mm-hmm. So I just got a call this morning from a guy said, "Hey, we're uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, we're, we're getting together a bunch of friends on the patio, and probably the last good day. Can you come out and play some acoustic music?" I said, "Yeah, what time do you want us?" Hmm. Right? Yeah. So I mean, it, it's a tiny PA, a nice PA, and yeah. three players. And, yeah. And it's like, we'll be there from one thirty to 3.30. Yeah. Whereas to do that with the band, I, you know, I'd have seven guys to round up. I've got close to $2,000 in sound and lights. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just a whole different uh, element. So you mentioned uh, started with poetry and and uh, mm-hmm. progressed into songwriting. Do you have a particular um, formula or process that you do when you when you want to write a song? And especially if you're looking at putting together an album, do you write for that record, or do you get enough songs together and decide you have enough to put together a record? 
Well, that's a, that's a great question. And as you know, everybody does it a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I have an idea and a concept, or I'll call it a thematic approach. So uh, I'm not a guitar player. I'm not a pianist. I'm a, I'm a singer. Okay. I write lyrics, and I really pride myself on composition and arrangement. So I, I might sketch up some rough lyrics. Um, for example, this next song that we're going to release is called High Wire, and I have some friends, some dear friends, that have debilitating diseases, mm-hmm. like MS and mm. Parkinson's okay. and muscular dystrophy that suck. Mm. And I've been, you know, these are very close friends, so I get a, I get an intimate view of the struggles they have, and yeah. I look at their life as a balancing act. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I got this concept for lyrics, and I know that it, it's high wire, it's the balancing of these struggles, and uh, my main collaborator on the acoustic stuff is a guy named David Granati, who's also a producer. And I, I throw out ideas, and he starts strumming, and it, and it comes together. I'm blessed with great collaborators. Uh, I prefer to hear music first, and then write lyrics and melody later. Mm. So I, I go to people uh, like David and and just say, what, what do you got? Do you got any pieces of music? Do you got any ideas for this theme? Yeah. And then that'll drive the lyrics, and, and I also collaborate a whole lot. But I'm not a solo artist. Mm, okay. Yeah. I can't stand that statement. I read that I in your uh, press notes. I, I like what you said about that. And I, you know, it's, it's something that I hadn't really thought of before, but you're right. I mean, just because somebody gets out on stage with a mic and a guitar, um, one would make the assumption that that whatever you see is something that they've done by themselves, and there are there are those that have done that. But in many cases, there's other people behind the scenes that's contributed to that process in some way. Oh my goodness! You know, you think about that. You know, I'm 59 years old, so the greats in my world of Bob Seger and James Taylor and Springsteen and those cats, and I know you know they they often call them solo artists. They're nowhere near solo. Mm-hmm. They got producers and engineers. And what about the guys in the band that contribute all those parts? Right, sure, sure. And they give that, bring that thing to life. Right. Uh, I probably the closest to a solo artist in the early, you know, would have been Dylan in the early days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he recorded exactly what he strummed on the guitar, and then, uh, right, it, you know, and it was just five minutes of poetry kind of thing. Yeah. Or the old folk guys, you know, like yeah. John Prines. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I collaborate. I collaborate out of need and desire. So I, I need to collaborate because I, I don't play an instrument. Mm-hmm. But I have strong, I have a strong vision of musical context. So I need to collaborate, and I find that it makes me better, and it makes the song better. Yeah, and and the result of that, of course, has been you've been able to have a recording career and um, mm-hmm. new record, brick by brick. What number? Of of recordings are this is this for you? What number of album is it? Uh well, between the band and my own uh, stuff I've done away from the band, I think this is uh, and with the businessman band of years ago, I think this will be my twentieth album. Wow, wow, that's awesome! And since since nineteen ninety nineteen ninety seven. And have yeah, you had a, a hand in in all of the songs that have been on all of those albums? Or are they? Um, I've had a I've had a voice right in all right. the songs. Right. You know, I've had a voice, but the early days, my good friend uh, Bill Hibbert, 
who was in the band. We had a band called The Businessman, and my buddy Tim Hadley, who's still with me, he would produce it. And, you know, I'd have, I mean, it was all new to me. Mm-hmm. So I maybe would make a comment and maybe wrote lyrics on a couple songs. Yeah. Um, but I would, you know, I would sing them and, and record them and perform them. I would say that where I started to take charge was probably uh, my first acoustic record called Reflections of an Average Soul, which was 2001. Mm, okay. That's where I had like a real, you know, I'd learned a lot from these other guys, and I wanted to do some stuff that was more personal. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the new record. You, we were talking off well, air, and, right? And you said you kind of had yeah. a unique process of getting that out. Yeah, I, I, I think it's unique, but of course, almost everyone's releasing singles. So this is an album that is uh, will be built over the course of the next fourteen months. Hmm. Um, and the first of each month, we're going to release a new track with content, a uh, story about how the song was created, lyrics. Um, also, the meaning behind it and a video. Mm, cool. So, the you know it's kind of weird when you say, "Well, we released a new album on November 1st. <laughs> well, in reality, we we released the news that uh, there's a project called Brick by Brick, and the first song that has been released and video is called America. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we thought the timing, <laughs> in light of. Uh, you know, the current situation sure, yeah. uh, of yeah. strife and conflict was appropriate. I, I took a quick listen to that before we got on the phone, and I, I um, th- there's this uh, element even of um, uh, the, uh, the the American Indian sound in there. Was that yes. intentional? Yes, yes. Okay. Thank you for picking up on that. Well, because America is a melting pot, and, and um, who's had it worse? American into the Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. You know, first of all, I love this country, and I believe, uh, on whole, we are the greatest country in the world with the greatest people. And the song is about hope and peace. It's not a protest song, Mm -hmm. even though some could view it that way. It's not a song to pinpoint any political uh, sector to say, you're wrong and I'm right. Mm -hmm. Um. If you get a chance to see the video, which was produced by my co-writer, did, yeah. Frank Ferrara, yeah. uh, it ends with the word peace. Mm, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, we, we use the megaphone to represent protest, to represent anger. Mm. We use the elements of Native American music to, um, to look at it as a homeland where all people, especially indigenous people, are... Or should be loved and should be treasured. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not. We stick them on reservation and say, here's a casino and go drink. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Uh, so, it's actually a song that Frank and I recorded on, on an album, Wayward Soul, like nine years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, but it, I always wanted to do something different with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I called Frank and said if he was interested and willing as a co-writer, and uh, he was, so we're really we're really proud of it. The upcoming tracks uh, were, I have already six songs in the can, so and videos that are done. Okay. So those will be released each month, and um, you know, so we're already covered through May, I think. So you May, you May. haven't actually recorded the other mm-hmm. half or whatever of the record yet, even. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. 
so we're now working on we're working on one track at a time. And believe me, we've worked on songs that we thought were going to be good, and they they went in the trash can. Hmm, okay. Um, so we already have recorded and mastered um, with videos underway, if not completed, five more tracks. Hmm, okay. Um, so we're now working on it, and it's really nice when you don't have any time pressure. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's I, actually, I wanna... you're actually, uh, you couldn't buy the whole album if you wanted to right now, so you you, you are you kind of creating and releasing along the way, that's cool. That's right, and it, it'll be an accumulation, and then when you get to the end, um, the concept is that there's 14 tracks, and you know, there might be more, there mm-hmm. might be less, mm-hmm. uh, and there'll be, there'll be uh, uh, singles, and there'll be no lyrical thematic approach. I did that on my last album, Love, Lust, and Other Wreckage, which was all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Every song had a tie-in with the song either before or after, mm. and the lyrical content was very consistent. Um, you know, we released America on November 1st, and I've mentioned to you that December 1st is a song called High Wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, January 1st is a song called No One Wears a Watch Anymore. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this material is going to be all over the map. Yeah, okay. So when when the world opens back up and artists get a chance to get back out on the road, what does that look like for you? Do you have a, a plan in mind for what it will look like to get this music out to people? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I have two plans in mind. I've got, I, I am hoping and being very, very prayerful that the Needs Hotel Band could do some festival stuff next summer. Hmm, cool. I mean, that's our sweet spot in yeah. front of three, 4,000 people rocking the house and yeah. everybody having a great time. Uh, and then for this acoustic trio stuff, I'd really like to get in the car with my other two uh, partners and do a coffee shop or listening room tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through Ohio, cool. you know, yeah. into, you know, Michigan and, and then loop back around. I really would like to get this music, uh, in intimate settings yeah. where people actually listen and care about the music. Sure, yeah, yeah. So the album is Brick by Brick. If people want to dial in with you here and kind of get involved with the releases and check out the one that's out and some of your previous music, what's the best way to, to catch up with you? Well, they can go to johnvento.com. That's uh, J-O-H-N-V-E-N-T-O, johnvento.com. Uh, and there's connections there with the Needs Hotel Band, my previous albums, the new stuff with Brick by Brick. So it's a great place to find everything. And, um, of course, all the other social media places. iTunes, Spotify, those things, yeah. All that, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, good. Well, thank you, John. This is cool. I, I really like what you're doing, you. and uh, I like your music, and uh, I, I like the concept. It's, it's neat, so I, I wish you well with it. Thank you, and thank you for uh, supporting independent artists. I, uh, until I met Michael Stover, I never realized what a wonderful, how many wonderful people like you are out there supporting and promoting folks like me that uh, you know are are very very independent with no label or anything like that, but still creating some good stuff. Yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate that very much. Well, God bless my friend, and I I, I also appreciate you having me on tonight. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 